Welcome to a Dorkomotive Short. Today we're going to tell the story of the last front-engine dragster to ever win top fuel at an NHRA national event, a story that stems from 1972, an unlikely set of heroes from New Jersey, and a historic car which still exists today. This is a fun way to look back at drag racing and a great way to listen to some nitro being burned back in the 1970s. The AA fuel dragster in the family car. Dragster at least a horsepower for every pound. Family car, one horsepower every 20 pounds. Dragster, 240 miles an hour plus at the end of a quarter mile strip or two city blocks in just over six seconds. Family car, 75 miles an hour in 20 seconds. Comparison, old style front engine against the new rear engine car. Driver in front of the rear engine, obviously safer. New machine, lighter, shorter, faster. Better horsepower to weight ratio out of the new rear engine machine. That is, of course, the legendary voice of Keith Jackson, and he is not wrong about any of the things he just said about the front engine versus rear engine dragster. That clip comes from 1972 from a video that was made by Goodyear, sponsored by Goodyear, created at the Winter Nationals in 1972. Of course, it was 1971 when Don Garlitz debuted his successful rear-engine dragster. Now, Garlitz didn't invent the rear-engine dragster, but he did perfect it, and he came out swinging in 1971 and really set an example. He won the Winter Nationals. He won the Spring Nationals. A guy named Arnie Belling won the Summer Nationals in a rear-engine car as well, and Garlitz also made the finals of the 1971 U.S. Nationals, losing to Steve Carbone in the famous burndown that happened on the starting line. It was pretty much the writing on the wall going forward. Now, other winners in 1971 included Jimmy King, Pat Dakin, Jerry Glenn, and Hank Johnson. They all won in front-engine dragsters, but really in drag racing, 1971 was kind of the last true year of the slingshot, and everybody was waiting for that revolution to really take over in 1972, and it did. The first three races of the 1972 season were won by rear-engine dragsters, and it certainly appeared that history had been written, and this is the way things were going to go going forward. There was a lot of people that hated this idea, that loved slingshot dragsters, that still love slingshot dragsters, but the reality is the rear-engine dragster was proving its design to be superior and was starting to dominate in racing. That doesn't mean that people stopped racing slingshots, though. The front-engine dragster was raced at NHRA national events through the 1973 season, but there was one guy left to make history in a front-engine dragster in 1972. And at the time, he couldn't have known that he was going to be the last person to ever win an NHRA Top Fuel national event in a slingshot, but as history will tell us, he was. And at 23 years old, Art Marshall had no idea that he would be etching his name into the history books forever, racing with his partner Don Young and some of their friends who were also in their early 20s. Before we get to them actually winning the last front-engine top fuel crown in NHRA history, we have to talk about the car that Art Marshall drove to do it. The machine was actually Don Prudhomme's final front-engine dragster. About halfway through the 1971 season, Prudhomme realized what was happening in the sport and decided that he too would join the rear-engine revolution, so the slingshot that he raced that was formerly painted up with his snake and mongoose Hot Wheels colors was put up for sale. And for the princely sum of $5,700, Art Marshall and Don Young bought the car. They got in their uh, Ford station wagon, drove from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast, and they bought the car. They actually went through the trash barrels at Keith Black's race shop and picked through Rowan Leong's trash specifically and grabbed pistons that they figured they could actually make work still. So they got the car for less than six grand. They left with some spare parts, towed it all the way home, and they serviced and worked on this car in 
Art Marshall's mom's attached single-car garage at her house. So a bunch of young guys in their early 20s with a top-fuel dragster and Art Marshall's mom's garage are working their way up the ranks trying to figure out how to make this car work, tuning on it, running it locally. They decide they're going to tow it up to Montreal, Canada, which outside of the Summer Nationals in Englishtown, New Jersey, was the closest NHRA national event to the New Jersey area. They go up to San Air Super Speedway in 1972. It's the second year that the NHRA has run a national event outside of the United States up there in Canada. And because of that, the event was still pretty small. They actually were running eight-car top fuel shows at this event. It was not a 16-car field. It was an eight-car field. During qualifying, Marshall makes a run down the racetrack, qualifies seventh, going 655 at 223 miles an hour. He was in the field, but unfortunately for him, they had blown the engine up severely on the run. Now, they're in Montreal. They speak very little French, but they managed to find somebody with a shop that allowed them to hone the block out overnight. They hone the block, they rebuild the engine, they show up to the racetrack for Sunday, and they are ready to compete in eliminations. Now, remember, an eight-car show, you only have to win three rounds to win the entire drag race. But that's three rounds that are going to come against the best dragster competitors in the world. And oh, by the way, they were the only car on the grounds that had the engine sitting ahead of the driver. Yes, every other car there was a rear engine machine, as had pretty much turned into the case around the sport of drag racing. So in the first round, the teams had to race the legendary top field competitor Clayton Harris. And they beat Clayton Harris when Harris red lit. Marshall ran 662. Harris had red lit and ran 660. He was eliminated by the foul. In the second round, they had to race Carl Olson. 672 the elapsed time for Marshall. A red light start for Carl Olson. Going 665 after the red light, but Olson fouled his way out. In the third and final round, they had to race Jeb Allen. Now, Jeb Allen had just a couple of weeks prior become the youngest winner in the history of NHRA drag racing. He was just over 18 years old when he won the 1972 Summer Nationals at Englishtown. So Allen was one of the most famous guys in the sport. He was a great lever, a great driver, and a kid that had outrun Art Marshall and his team by two-tenths of a second coming into the final round. Jeb Allen stages the car, the engine boils over. Now remember, this is the era when top fuel engines still had water in them. They would drain the water out after each run, but this engine boiled over. Some of the water escaped, got out from under the tires, or got out under the tires. Jeb Allen smokes the tires, and Art Marshall runs down the racetrack and wins the 1972 Molson Le Grand National up in San Air Super Speedway outside of Montreal, Canada. For their efforts, the boys collected about $7,500 in prize money, and if we can remember, they bought the car for $5,700, so it's one of the few times in top fuel drag racing history that a team actually made money, at least in the short term, with a top fuel dragster. Now, to go back to how they won the race, there is a little bit of controversy in how they operated their program over the course of Sunday eliminations. All the drivers that are still alive, Carl Olson and Jeb Allen specifically, as Clayton Harris passed away several years ago, have been interviewed about this day and about this race, and they all say that these guys were kind of taking forever to fire their car up and get it to the starting line, to the point where other competitors would have finished their burnout and be backing up or idling at the starting line by the time these guys were coming up the push road to get their dragster started. So there is some question as to their tactics, but... Who cares? They worked. They won the race. The other thing to mention is on the two red lights, 
And HRA, for some reason, had switched to a 5 tenths pro tree at this event instead of the normal 4 tenths pro tree. What does that mean? Well, it means that the drivers reacting to the quicker style tree were likely red lighting because the tree had a slower interval on it of 5 tenths of a second as opposed to 4 tenths of a second. It's a small change, but when you're a driver that's been trained and you've honed your skills on a tree that works on a 4 tenths interval, and this one comes up at a 5 tenths interval, it does pretty much set up a situation where you could be leaving effectively about a tenth of a second ahead of when you should, and that would cause a red light. Art Marshall would never win another NHRA national event again. The car that he drove would never win an NHRA national event again, and the guys would not stay together that long as a team as they all grew up went their separate ways but all those guys involved art marshall and don young cemented themselves in nhra history and it's a kind of a neat milestone because when we think about the changing of the guard and top fuel when we think about how things so rapidly converted from front to rear engine it was just great to know that there was that one last gasp of front engine performance left as odd as it was up there in san air super speedway in montreal canada as mentioned, competitors would continue to try to qualify and compete in front-engine dragsters through the 1973 season in Top Fuel, but by then, they were definitely long in the tooth. A great story, and Art Marshall still alive down in Florida. He's been involved in drag racing uh, various forms for a very long time. He has worked with Nelson Hoyos at a drag racing school for years. Nelson Hoyos, now the track operator at South Georgia Motorsports Park, or the track manager, I should say. And he's also driven a two-seat super comp-style dragster, giving entertaining rides to fans at many races at Florida racetracks. Art Marshall is a cool guy. You can read about him on the internet. Phil Burgess of the NHRA has done some great reporting on this particular day and on the career of Art Marshall. A couple of young guys from New Jersey turned the top fuel world on its head for one weekend at San Air Super Speedway in Montreal, Canada. One of the reasons I love the sport of drag racing for moments just like this one when you literally don't know what's going to happen next and you certainly can never predict the future. Oh, and I promised to tell you about the car, which I mentioned at the open of the show, still exists today. In fact, it does. You can go down to Don Garlitz Museum of Drag Racing and the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame, and you can look at the car that Art Marshall drove to the win at the 1972 San Air NHRA National event. There's one difference, though. It's not painted like Art Marshall used to have it. It's actually painted in its original Snake and Mongoose Hot Wheels livery. So when you see that Snake and Mongoose car with its oddly square slab-sided body, you know that Don Prudhomme drove it in 1971. You know that he drove it pretty well, but you know that Art Marshall drove it to one of the most historic victories and the most oddball victories in NHRA history. This has been a Dorkomotive Short. Please subscribe to the Dorkomotive Podcast so you can get all the great new episodes that we upload twice a week. We're dropping a long-form episode in a short just like this. Great motorsports history, great racing history, great personality profiles, all researched with the facts and the backstory to keep you entertained. We'll be back with more Dorkomotive soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Loans.